0: Revealing to them, Moses had already been told that he was not going into the promised land, that he was dying. But Joshua was blessed to be told everything that was going to go on. If the children, that they were going to go in the promised land and that they would be overcomers. And that it was the the children of Israel's, um, whether they wanted to serve him or not. But if they didn't, he t- well, he pretty much told them what was going to happen, that they weren't, and that they would fall to the, those around them and turn back, which was sad when you think about that. So I had never seen that before to that degree. Um, revelation knowledge, I know, is coming to all of us right now that are really studying deep in the Word. So let's turn to Second Chronicles chapter 32 as we continue on courage. And I thank you, God, that your word will go forth in power and might. I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you that as your word goes forth, the anointing upon your word falls upon good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. God, we desire to know your word. We desire to walk according to your word. We are faith people, and your word says without faith it's impossible to please you. And so, God, we walk by faith and not by sight. We thank you, God, that the glory of God, the presence of God is in this house this morning. I thank you, Lord, that as I teach, it's not me, but it's you. And so any place that you want to add things, subtract things, whatever, I'm for it. Everyone said amen. Arlene sent me notes, and I thought there were some things she added to it. I want to make sure that you all understood that I that I did not say. The, her notes are very good. That I did not say if you weren't if you weren't praying in the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't make it to heaven. Okay. That I did say that a gentleman's father, who was had been strong in the Lord for years, an evangelist, I won't say the name. His father had said that those that were not praying in the Holy Ghost in this hour were going to have a very hard time getting through this hour that we're living in right now. He said this right before he went to heaven and I totally agree it. Agree with it because it says in Jude 20 that building up your most holy faith praying in the holy ghost. Amen. So let's look at 2nd Chronicles 32:7. So I want to make that straight with everybody. There's certainly very godly Christians that will make it to heaven that don't even pray in tongues. 32 7. Okay. Thank God for the Word. We are so privileged in this country to have the Word, to where we can just open our Bible up at any time. And read the word, speak the word. So be strong and courageous, be not afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde that is with him. For there is another with us greater than all those with him. That's powerful when you think of it. Let's look at, look, go up a little bit, um, talking about Hezekiah. In verse, oh, let's just start at verse 1 in chapter 32. After these things and this loyalty, Senechrib, Senechrib, king of Assyria, came, invaded Judah, and encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to take them. When Hezekiah saw the Senechrib, I'm going to say, I'm going to get this until I get it. Sinenat-cherib had come and intended to fight against Jerusalem. He decided with his officers and his mighty men to strip or to stop up the waters of the fountains, which were outside the city by enclosing them with masonry and concealing them. And they helped him. So many people gathered, and they stopped up all the springs of the brook which flowed through the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Also Hezekiah took courage and built up in the wall that was broken and raised towers upon it. And he built another wall outside and strengthened in the millow in the city of David, and made weapons and shields in abundance." Now you notice that he heard what was going to happen and so he prepared himself and those under him to be ready and protected. Now I've spoken to, excuse me, I to fix this. I've spoken to many Word of Faith ministers that are feeling this in this hour This very thing that we need to prepare the people, get them prepared, built up, and ready for whatever can happen. Okay, And so he goes on to say, he took courage, built up the wall that was broken and raised towers upon it. And he built another wall outside and strengthened the the millow in the city of David and made weapons and shields in abundance and he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate and the city and spoke encouragingly to them saying be strong and courageous be strong and courageous God is telling us that today be strong and be courageous be not afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde that is with him for there is another with us greater than all those with him with him is the arm of the flesh but with us is the lord our god to help us to fight our battles and the people relied on the words of hezekiah king of judah we have someone we learned in early class today that is so powerful. He's living in us. Here, here it says, He is there to fight all our battles. Amen. But there's, there are certain things that we have to do that we've learned in the last three scriptures before this, or how many scriptures I gave last week. We must be strong and courageous, be not afraid or dismayed before anybody... And, hoard all that, and the horde that is with him. For there is another with us greater than all those with him. So you have another in you. He was with them, but he is with us, in us, all around us. He is us. Hallelujah. He, If we abide in him and his word abide in us, we can ask what we will. So think about this. With him... With him is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people relied on the words of Hezekiah, the king of Judah. They relied on the words. They relied on the word of God and their leader to guide, protect, teach them, train them, do whatever was needed. Because he had to hear from the voice of the Lord, okay? Praise God. So let's turn to Ezra 10.4. One of these books that we all read all the time, right? Come on, Ezra, come on out here. Do what I'm going to do in my Bible and don't laugh. I don't go to the front very often, but when I'm in a hurry, I will. Ezra's not a book I read very often. 626, if you have the same Bible that I have. (laughs) Trust me, we had to learn the books of the Bible and Raymond take a test on it. Is that Brother Hagen that did that? (laughs) I was trying to think. Okay. And then write them all down in order. And you better, in his, in his courses, you better get everything right. <laughs> Ezra 6, Ezra 10, I'm sorry, ten four. where am I? Ezra 10-4, page 639. Okay, arise for it is your duty, and we are with you. Be strong and brave to do it. Look at We're going to go to verse 1 These were heavy times Let me tell you Now while Ezra was praying And made confession Weeping and casting himself down Before the house of God There gathered to him Out of Israel a very Great assembly of men women and children For the people wept bitterly And Shechem, two, son of Jehel, one of the congregation of the sons of Elam, said to Ezra, We have broken faith and dealt treacherously among our God and have married foreign women of the peoples of the land. Yet now there is still hope for Israel in spite of this thing. Therefore, let us make a covenant with God and put away all foreign wives and their children according to the counsel of my Lord and of those who tremble at the commandment of our God and let it be done according to the law. Arise, for it is your duty, and we are with you. Be strong and brave to do it. Then Ezra arose and made the chiefs of the priests, the Levites, and all of Israel swear that they would do as Had been said, so they took an oath. Then Ezra came from before the house of God and went into the lodging place of Jerobohan, whatever his name was, son of, aren't you glad we don't have names like this? Elishabib for the night. There he ate no bread and drink, no water, for he mourned over the returned exiles. Faithless in violation of God's law and proclaimed and made throughout Judah as Jerusalem and Jerusalem to all the returned exiles that they should assemble in Jerusalem. Wow, this is so heavy when you think about this. He says, Arise, for it is your duty and we are with you. Be strong and brave to do it. This is a big thing. They had to get rid of their wives and their kids. It's kind of like Abraham when Sarah came to him and told him, Get rid of her and get rid of that son. Get him out of here. I don't want him around. And and it hurt him, and God said, Do what she said. Because anytime you bring in foreign flesh foreign gods in it's going to disrupt every, everything that God has put together and so and we read that last week we saw what happened so let's move on these are the things that God told Joshua would happen and would take place and here it did happen and here they are okay we have Philippians 128 courage How many know, in the day that we live in, it takes courage, (laughs) daily? I had something, but I couldn't figure out how I could get Whitney to get it up on the, on the, when you come back, we'll do it. It's on my Facebook page if you want to look at it. Um, Ezra 10, or Philippians, I'm sorry, 128, very powerful and in nothing well let's move up to let's look up at 21 for me to live is Christ and to die is gain for me to live is Christ his life in me and to die is gain the gain of the glory of eternity if however it is be, it is to be life in the flesh, and I am to live on here. That means faithful service for me. So I can say nothing as to my personal preference. I cannot choose. But I am hard-pressed between the two. My yearning desire is to depart, to be free from this world. How many have felt that? I have. I'll be honest, I have. If you haven't, there's something wrong. Get us out of here, God, please. Praise you, Jesus. So let's move on. Um, Where did I stop? Anybody know? 21, 22. For me to live is Christ, his life in me, and and to die is gain, the gain of the glory of eternity. If, however, it is to be life in the flesh, and I am to live on here. That means fruitful service for me, so I can say nothing as to my personal preference. I cannot choose, but I am hard pressed between the two. My yearning desire is to depart, to be free of this world, to set forth and be with Christ. That is far, 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 far far better. Keep telling God this. <laughs> but to remain in my body is more needful and essential for your sake. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I shall remain and stay to you, stay by you all, to promote your progress of joy in believing so that in me you may have abundant cause for exultation and glorifying in Christ Jesus, though my coming to you again. Only be sure as citizens, so to conduct yourself, that your manner of life will be worthy of the good news of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I do come and see you or am absent, I may hear this of you, that you are standing firm in united spirit and purpose, striving side by side and contending with a single mind for the faith of the glad tidings of the gospel. This is where we should be. We need to be contending. We need to be standing firm in united spirit and purpose, striving side by side and contending with a single mind for the faith of the glad tidings of the gospel and do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents or an adversaries do not he says do not and in nothing be terrified of your adversaries which is to them an evident token of perdition but to you salvation and to that of God. So he's saying, do not, do not. This is so, so strong. For a moment, be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness, I will be, fearlessness fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal, To them of their impending destruction, but a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. For you have been granted the privilege for Christ's sake, not only to believe and to adhere to, to rely on and trust in him, but also to suffer in his behalf. So you are engaged in the same conflict which you saw me wage and and which now you hear. To be mine still. Praise you, Jesus. He's saying, Paul is saying, do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated. You need to be courageous. You know know the ones that are frightened and intimidated, I'm going to tell you, are the ones that listen to the news over and over and over and over I'll tell you, the day that we quit, it was like the end of that and moving straight on. Quit listening to the news. Pastor watches a, the Israel news on the on a Christian state, the Christian station. It actually, it's the ministry that we support in Israel. Mag. Mighty examples of the courageous, and I want us to look at these mighty examples of those that were courageous. We know Joshua was one. We learned about him last week. I've got to tell you, this man was mighty courageous. <laughs> With everything God told him was going to take place before he ever went in there, I'm like, oh, man. He remembered The children. He or he remembered the parents of those that he was going to be bringing into the promised land. He remembered everything. Then God tells him what the next group's going to do. I'm like, ah, yikes! First, I was. I can just. I had them. Moses was over them. Now he's leaving. Now you're going to give me these? You got to be kidding! But no, I don't. I believe that he built himself up constantly. To make his way prosperous, as it says in Joshua 1.8. Okay, Joshua 14.12. You know, there are many, many, many ministers that are dropping out because of discouragement. You have to stay on what you believe, no matter what. You know, everybody left Jesus, but the twelve when you read and i've studied paul's life for probably the last two or three years when you read the ones that left paul the ones that were so close to him that you would think would would have stuck with him like glue when you read those that left it's amazing to me so joshua joshua fourteen, twelve. Uh, Let's go up a little. Let's go to four. Yeah, let's go to four. For the people of, of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. And no part was given in the land to the Levites except cities in which to live for their pasture lands, and for their livestock, and for their possessions. The Lord commanded, as the Lord commanded Moses. So the Israelites did, and they divided the land. And the people of Judah came to Joshua of Gilal, and Caleb, son of Jeph, Jephna, and Canazite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning me, for you in Kadesh Baran, Forty years old I was when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Baran to scout out the land, and I brought him a report as it was in my heart. This is, he said, 40 years ago. I, I mean, 40 years old I was when Moses, the servant, sent me. And we learned about that last week. They went in, they came out, took two men to hold that, the pole with one what do they call them, a cluster of grapes on it. Can you imagine one big, huge pole of grapes? How much, How? I mean, we could all have grapes for a week. I mean, and he goes on to say here, um, for my bre- for as I brought him a report as it was in my heart, for my brethren who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt Yet I wholly followed the Lord. I wholly, W H O L L Y, followed the Lord. What a thing to say after 40 years. You know, here he is, and he said, I wholly followed the Lord. How many people can honestly say in every area of their life, I wholly followed the Lord? So we know that this man was in good standing with God. Amen? Here we go. And Moses swore on that day, Surely the land on which your feet have walked shall be an inheritance to you and your children always, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. So I can just see him. I can see Caleb saying this. I have wholly followed the Lord all these years. This land is mine, and I'm not going to let anybody else have it. You know, we have to keep the enemies off of our land that God has given us. Everything that belongs to you that God has given you that he has promised you, and we have, I don't know how many promises, Pastor, I think you counted them one time or heard you taught on it one time. All these promises are ours. He says, I fully, wholly followed the Lord. So these are my promises. I believe he spoke them every day. I wholly follow the Lord. And the, this land is my land. This land is your land, okay? So that's how he was. This was his land. He wasn't going to give it up to anybody no matter how old he got it was his is that how you feel you've got we have to get such strength and ability and believe what the word says is yours like we learned in the early class and take a hold of it and say nobody's getting on here i don't belong and you don't belong here and you're not getting in here meaning your life This doesn't go along with the words. You know, the enemy in this hour is trying to tell people all kinds of stupid things, and they're believing it. Stick to the word. God always sticks to the word. He never gets off of the word, ever. Never. He sticks to the word. So we're to stick to the word. Let's move on. So he goes on to say, Moses swore this day, surely the land on which your feet have walked shall be an inheritance to you and your children always. Not just to him, but his children, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive and has has said these 45 years since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while the Israelites wandered in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I will be there in 15 years in a few weeks. <laughs> no, not, oh dear, yeah, 15 years. I'm, I'm not going to jump up to 75. Okay, yet I am strong today as I was the day Moses sent me, and as the, and my strength was then, so is my strength now for war and to go out and to come in. So this guy is 85 years old, and he was as strong now as he was back then. How did he keep his strength up like that? By speaking forth the word, by refusing to become dismayed, by refusing to become afraid, by refusing to become discouraged, by wholly following the Lord in everything he did. There are many things I'm going to tell you, church, that I would love to do that the Lord has said, no, you, that's not my plan for you. You're going to keep straight on doing exactly what I told you. There are much better things in heaven than you can even imagine here on the earth. So don't let it bother you. Just keep moving forward in what I've called you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. There are great things waiting for us. That we can't even imagine. Your greatest thing that you love to do the most. That is the most beautiful place. Whatever. There is so much greater waiting for us. For eternity. Throughout eternity. Streets of gold. I like gold. You can tell. I have gold Maltese. I like, I like gold. But can you imagine all the streets of gold? Think of it. Not, there is nothing here on this earth that even compares to what God has. What he's made for us. What he's made for each one of us. And just, he said, I'm as strong as I was then. Now, give, now So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke that day. For you heard how he The giant like Achan were there and that the cities were great and fortified. If the Lord will be with me, I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. So evidently, he's 85. They're still there and he's going in and he's going to drive them out. Am I correct? Is that what your Bible says? So he's going to keep driving them out. So what's that tell you? You're going to keep driving things out. Amen. Then Joshua blessed him, gave Hebron to Caleb, son of Jephthah, for an inheritance. Well, praise the Lord. That's a, that was a long time that he worked for this inheritance and kept holy before God. You know, people just gripe if their prayer request doesn't come the next day after they prayed it, they get weary and well doing. They give up. They say, oh, forget it. It's too hard. Serving God is not hard. Serving God is the easiest thing we will ever do. Dealing with the devil in our flesh is what we war against. You know, people that say it's so hard to serve God. Well, there's something wrong there. Because our spirits are born again, and our spirits are want to serve Lord God Almighty and be obedient to his word. It's this thing up here that you've got to get renewed, your, your mind, renewing of the mind by the water of the washing of the word. And so we know that Joshua had to be speaking everything that they were told to speak and keep in front of them. And he did them all. He was holy right before God. That's amazing to me. So we go on to see, um, so Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, son of Jephthah and Kensite to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, in the name of Hebron before it was, whatever, city of Arab, the Arab, Arba, was the, was the greatest of the Achan, and the land had rest from war. So in other words, He took them out. What's a giant? Big deal. David walked out there and looked at the the children of Israel. Like, what is your problem? And why are you letting this big mouth giant have you all so fearful? Like I said last week, grabbed grabbed some rocks, put them in whatever, got his slingshot out twirled it around, the power of God took that rock and hit that, hit that giant and knocked him over. David runs over there, gets the head and deals with the whole thing. You know the whole story. I mean, those giants that seem so big in your life are just a bluff. It's up to you whether you want to believe them or not. So we see Joshua and Caleb here, and then we see Jonathan. Remember what Joshua said? As for me in my house, I'm gonna we're serving God. In other words, you're serving God. You live in my house, you're gonna serve God. That's the way it is. Okay. We see Jonathan in first Samuel fourteen six. Get excited! This is exciting. We are not called to fail. Even the Christians in other countries that are having their heads chopped off and asking to to deny Christ, they're not. They're not, because they know exactly where they're going. The I'm with Jesus. They're not deny Christ or die. Well, the second I die, I'm going there to be with the Lord. That's exciting. I don't know about you. you ought to get excited. Death has no sting. thought I was going to make it a few years ago. Okay, First Samuel <laughs> 14, 6. And Joshua said to this young armor bearer, come, let us go over... To the garrisons of the uncircumcised, uncircumcised, that it may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is nothing to prevent the Lord from saving by many or by few. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Let's look at verse 1. One day Jonathan said to, the, to, said to Saul, son of Saul, said to the, his armor bearer, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Well, I guess not. His father was chicken. Um, Saul was remaining in the outskirts of Gibreth under some pomegranate tree in Mirgon, Mir- Mir- And with him were about 600 men. And Abgeba, son of Atabu and Iskabod's brother, and the son of Phineas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest, in Shiloh were wearing the ephod and the people did not know that Jonathan was gone. Between the passes which by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines garrison there was a rocky crag on one side and a rocky crag on the other side there was that was named Bozer And the other side, zenith. The one Craig rose on the north in the front of Mishmash, and the other of uh, the south in the front of Geba. Man, this sounds like a bunch of nuts. Name these things, these places. And Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, "Come and let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised, that it may be that the Lord work for us." For there is nothing to prevent the Lord from saving by many or by few. Hallelujah. So what's he saying? There's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing that God cannot do. The early message goes along with this one. Amen. There's nothing that God can't do say that with me there's nothing that God cannot do and if you think there is then go back and read the word until you get it so firm in there let's look at David in 1st Samuel 17 32 I'm going to tell you when I read through the Old Testament I love to read through all the wars rumors of wars and what God does. I like the one about Deborah because the guy was so chicken he wouldn't go up unless she went with him. Okay, First Samuel. <laughs> wouldn't that be embarrassing? Honestly, you've got to be kidding me. You've been put in that position, you want me a woman to go up there with you so you can win this thing? This, that God has a desire for you to do, but you want me to go? Okay, we'll go, we'll go on. 1732. David said to Saul, well, here we go. Here we go, this, this, the good old Philistines. Philistines, Philistines, whatever you want to call them. Here we go. Let's just go to verse one. We may as well read it. I don't know if you've been here yet this year, or if you're reading through the Bible, but it's going to be good for you. Now, the Philistines, Philistines, gathered their armies for battle, and they were assembled at Sokoth, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Sokoth and Ezra, Exha, in Ephras Dammon. Saul, the man, Saul and the men of Israel were encamped in the valley of Elah. He sure liked to encamp places and do stuff, whatever. And drew up in battle array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side of Israel. And Israel stood on the mountain on the other side where the valley between them. And the champion went out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span almost ten foot. And he had a bronze helmet on his head, and wore a coat of mail, and the coat weighed 500 shekels of bronze. If somebody wants to figure that one out, be my guest. He had a bronze shin armor on his legs, and a boy. Well he must. When the sun hit him, it must have been something. Ten foot tall with all this bronze. Okay, so on his arms, legs a bronze javelin across his shoulders and the shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and a shield bearer went, with, went before him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me if he is able to fight with me and kill me then we will be your servants but if, out of his own mouth this is what he said if this man can kill me and fight with me then we're going to be your servants he was he was the best they had must have been the biggest and the best that he that they had okay if he's um I will prevail against, he said, and if he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed. What was the one thing they were always told, do not fear, be courageous, be of good courage, do not be dismayed. So they were all dismayed, all. Not just one, all. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Can you see what happens if a leader becomes dismayed and fearful? What happens to everybody else under them? I pray that you are praying for your pastors. I honestly pray that you're spending time daily praying for your pastors. Your pastor stands between you and what is out there to get you. So who do you think is going to get buffeted? Whose house do you think is going to get buffeted? And it's up to the church to pray for us. Amen. I'm just going to be blunt here. Why not? So he says, I defy the ranks of, of Israel to this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And and Saul and Israel heard those words, and the Phil, and the Philistines they were dismayed and greatly afraid. David, the son of an Ephraite of Bethlehem in Judah, named Jesse, who had eight sons. Jesse, in those in in the days of Saul, was old, advanced in years. His three eldest sons had followed Saul into battle. Their names were Elib, the firstborn, next Abinadab. Dab, and third Shammah. David was the youngest. The third eldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep in Bethlehem. The Philistines came out morning and evening, presenting himself for 40 days. 40 days, and all these men are shaken in their shoes. And Jesse said to David, his son, I'm going to tell you, thank you, Jesus. This country, the people that sit around and watch the news and talk of all the junk that's going on and blah, 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 have, called, have talked themselves into a, to a great fear. We are able to go up and change this country through prayer and the word. God is searching to and fro, looking for one man, one man or one woman that will be bold enough to do it. But too many people are too busy with other things. The Lord began to share with me last night. The carers of the world have entered in and gotten a hold of people to where they're, they're not, their minds are, they're off somewhere else. They're not, they're not 100% with me like they used to be. I need them to get back with me immediately. It's like warning, warning, warning. Get back with me immediately. So here we go. David went back and forth from, from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. The Philistine came out morning and evening, presenting himself for 40 days. And Jesse said to David, his son, Take for your brothers an ephah of this packed, parched grain and these ten loaves and carry them quickly to your brothers at the camp. And take these ten cheeses to the commander of their thousand. See how your brothers fare and bring some token from them. Now, imagine this. All David's planning on doing is going in and feeding them, taking them lunch and presenting a gift to their leader, okay? So here he goes. Now Saul and the brothers and all the men of Israel were in the Valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines and David rose up early the next morning, left the sheep with a keeper, took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host going forth to the battleground shouted the battle cry. And Israel and the Philistines put up a battle in array against army against army. David left his packages in the care of the baggage keeper and ran to the ranks and came and greeted his brothers. And, they talked to, and as they talked, behold, Goliath, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, came forth from the Philistine ranks and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. And all the men of Israel, when they heard the man, fled from him terrified. So here they're battling and all of a sudden here comes this big dude and they all run back. I can just imagine David. They talked and Goliath the champion, Philistine of the Gath, came before from the Philistine ranks and spoke the same words as before and David heard him. And all the men of Israel, when they saw saw him, fled from him, terrified. And the Israelites said, Have you seen this man who has come out? Surely he has come out to defy Israel. And the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free from taxes and service in in Israel. And that's a real package, except this daughter wasn't worth it. (laughs) okay he should have said I don't want her but I'll take the rest give me double of the other stuff okay so and David said to the man standing by him what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine takes away the reproach from Israel for all is this for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God How dare this person defy the armies of the living God? Are you in the army of the living God, I'm asking you today? Are you allowing anything or anybody to defy you? Ask yourself this, please. Think about this. Ask yourself this. If you are, get a hold of this now. Everybody has something, and it's time to fight that something now. Okay? And so... Um, <laughs> and the men told him, Thus shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eli, his eldest brother, heard what he said to the men, and Eli's anger was kindled against David, he said, Why did you come here? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and evilness of heart, for you came down that you might see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? What is, what is not a harmless question? And David turned away from now, You know, those are you that, you know, your family thinks you're weird. Don't let it bother you. God thinks you're great if you're doing his word. Okay? You might be the only one in your family, and they all think they're weird. So he said, what have I done now? It's a harmless question. And David turned away from Elab to another man and asked the same question. And again, the man gave him the same answer. When David's words were heard, they were repeated to Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight with him. And you know, David was supposed to be very short in stature. He wasn't a real big person. And here he's saying, I'll go do it. I'm sure Saul, tall, handsome, dark, whatever, looked at him like you. If he was a king, he would have looked at him and said, you know what? You're still a young boy. But go ahead. Be my guest. Go on out there. Okay? And Saul said to David, "You're not able to go to fight against Philistine. You are only an adolescent," which he said, and he has and he has been a warrior from his youth. And David said to Saul, "Your servant kept his father's sheep, and when remember the brothers said, your few little sheep, and when there came a lion or again a bear, And took a lamb out of the flock. I went after it and smote it and delivered the lamb out of its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and smote it and killed it. What a sight. You know, we're going to get to see that. I really believe we're going to get to see all those things when we get to heaven. Okay, I'm going to go in there and see what so-and-so did today. You know, we, I mean, all these battles and all these things. I, you know, I've heard people that have gone to heaven say that they're stored up there and you can go in and see them. I'm going to look at every one of them. And this is going to be a good one. That and the lion and the three Hebrew children and the whole thing. Okay, here we go. Where am I? I'm getting too excited. Put me in the children's church. Okay, where am I? Help! Help! None of you know where I am. Thanks. 36. So your servant killed the lion and the bear and and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them for he has defied the armies of the living God. Not just defied the name of God but he's defied the armies of the living God. And so... um, David said, the Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, the Lord be with you. Be my guest. Take him on. Whatever you want to try and do, be my guest. I can just see them all thinking, oh, this is going to be good. All right. So this Then Saul clothed David with his armor and put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword over his armor. Then he tried to go, but he could not, for he was not used to it. Hey, she moved to the south, and she became a southern lady. Okay. Where was I? I'm not moving until I finish this, so. What verse is that? Verse 2? No, where am I? 39, thank you. Those of you who are listening know right where I am. Have to pop out batteries and everything else. David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. I bet you they were all watching this. Oh, great. <laughs> Here it comes. He's got a slingshot. He's going to put his hand. He puts his hand in his bag. It, what's he going to do now? Eat? He puts it, And he pulls out a stone. And you know it was no boulder. Okay. Here we go. He pulls out a stone and he slung it and it struck the Philistine sinking into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck down the Philistine and slew, but no sword was in David's hand. So he ran ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut his head off with it. When the Philistines saw that their mighty champion was dead, they fled. And when the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron, so the wounded Philistines fell along the way from Shiram as far as Gath and Ekron, Israelites returned with their pursuit to the Philistines and plundered their tents. Not only... Now, I'm gonna, I want you to really understand, if you get any of this, get this. When you do what God tells you to do, you will not have your strength. It will be his strength. And when you go forth and you do the mighty works of God, he gives you the spoil. That's where the blessings come upon you. When you go forth and do the word of the Lord, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So here he goes; he goes out there, and then they then, then the army gets up off their off their selves and takes off after him. When David saw when Saul saw David go out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the captain of the host of Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said. As your soul lives, O king, I don't know. They didn't even know who he was. And Saul said to him, whose sons whose son are you, young man?" And David answered, "I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem." When David had finished speaking to Saul, he, the soul of Jonathan was knit with the son of David, with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him to that day. Saul took David that day. We're not letting him return to his father's house. And so we know what he, you know, we, he got all this stuff and he got that dingbat wife and whatever. He got what he was, you know, what was, pro- pardon? I know, he got the dingbat one. His, go ahead, you want to share? He was, supposed, he was supposed to get the good one, but he ended up getting, now see, this is where a person's heart that is, has deception. Saul did not walk uprightly before God. You want to come and share that? Later. Like, later. like late. Come here. Come on. I want you to share this. So here. Terry, can you walk this faster? No, I really want you. Thank you. <laughs> well, David did his deed, and he was supposed to get the daughter, but Saul gave his first daughter away and said, you can have the younger daughter. So it was like Laban in one aspect. Lambert. He's reversed. Yeah, you can't have this one, but you can have the second one. So he got Michael. got a mess. Oh, I got it. No, I like it when you add. You're bitter. So he got all this stuff, and then we know Saul hated him. Why? Because they started singing. Saul killed his thousands. What was it? And David killed his ten thousands, and he he got a bitter hate for him. You know, you know when people become offended many times is when someone goes out and does the job that you are supposed to do. Seriously. And you see that they did it greatly. And you become offended. We have to be very careful of that. As I share in the early class, we're out of here. Young man, sir, what is your name? Brad? Yes. Reuben, it's good to have you, Reuben. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed if I could. Praise you, Jesus. If you're here today and you have not been courageous and and you've allowed fear, dismay, all those things that we talked about come in, you say, I need help in this area, and I'm going to raise my hand today before God and say, God, help me. God, forgive me, and I'm, I'm turning it around this day. If that's you, raise your hand. I see that hand. See that hand. See that hand. Got to hang them up a little higher, folks. See that hand. Praise you, Jesus. Nobody's looking. I'm proud of you all. If you're here and you've never known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you need to make him Lord of your Savior today of your life, if you would raise your hand. Or if you're backslid and you're saying, I need to come back and this is my day, raise your hand. Okay, I'm going to pray for everyone that raised their hand and, and is today repenting and turning some things around in your life that you know you got off on and there are many hands raised and... Trust me, I'll forget who it was the minute I pray. So let's all pray this together. Heavenly Father, I have turned in some ways that weren't pleasing to you. But this day, I come back to my proper place and right standing with you. I'm not going to allow, become discouraged, dismayed, or allow the enemy to have any place in my life in these areas. Today's my day. I, I speak it forth whom the Son has set free is free indeed and I am free from this thing that is hung on and I no longer give place to it in Jesus' name. I'm covered by the blood and I walk in the word And in the power of his might. And I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, Father, I speak over this congregation for those that are on vacation or going on vacation. I thank you, Father God, for supernatural blessings. I ask you, Father God, to be with them this week. I ask you, Father God, to minister and move mighty in their lives that we will think back on this sermon today. When, when circumstances and situations try to arise in our lives, we'll say, no way, not having it. We'll become bold and mighty and strong in the things of God and put on the full armor of God and we'll walk forth in, in power and might in the anointing that has been placed upon us by the Spirit of God. And we thank you, Father God, that as each one goes out this week to do what you've called them to do, it will becomes simple. It will be easy. It will it will actually amaze them that they are walking out in your power and in your might. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. You you say we have the ability to do anything that the master would have done. Thank you, Father. I'm just going to share a few things as I finish this prayer. This, This morning, the believer, your word, God, you spoke this morning and you said the believer walking in fellowship with the word will never ask for anything outside the father's will. God, your word said this morning that all things are possible to the man and woman who cooperates with the Lord, who fellowships with the Lord and who is a co-laborer with the Lord. Glory to God. Your word said this morning that we should never believe in failure. We should never think or talk failure because we are believers. Hallelujah. You said this morning we have the ability to do anything that the master Jesus would have done. You said this morning if we could understand how he looks upon us and how he thinks of us, we would never again talk weakness or failure and lack. Hallelujah. So, God, I thank you that I speak this over this congregation this morning. I speak this over each person. I speak this over those that will hear the tape. I thank you, Father God, that I speak this to each one of us and into each one of our lives. For your word says that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And any tongue that rises against us shall In judgment shall be shown to be in the wrong. Your word says, Beloved, you wish above all things that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. And so, God, I speak blessings upon each person this morning. I speak peace upon each person this morning. I thank you, God, that you've not given them a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so, God, as we walk out of this house this morning... As we reverence you and and we fellowship together in the foyer, I thank God that, I thank you, God, that we will just speak the things that are in the Word of God, that we won't go out, we won't speak of sickness, disease, poverty, anything that would be a forward mouth, but we will speak the things that your Word says that we have, not the things that the enemy says that we have. But we will speak forth in might and power and give you the glory for everything that belongs to you, God. I thank you that your word says that we are to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, you say that we're to rejoice for the joy of the Lord is our strength. So, God, I just thank you that you bless each person. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah.